Thank you. Well, um, my name's Kev, um, as you heard, and I'm on staff here at the Vineyard. It's my privilege to work with the children and the young people here. Um, and today I'm even more privileged because I'm going to talk to you about baptism. But before I do that, I just want to continue just talking about how um, it's an exciting year. 25 years of the Vineyard Church here, nearly as long as I've been alive. Um, and we started off with a um, celebration. Um, we had a celebration picnic in the park, and that was great fun. I was a little bit late because I had to pack down the kids' ministry. Um, and by the time I got over there, there were so many people on this bank in the park. It looked like we'd taken over the park. Um, and there was a Lim family who had literally brought home with them. They had cookers and napkins and chairs and tables, and you would not believe what they were trying to make their picnic with. Um, but that was pretty exciting. Um, this year, we also had Sam launch his album, and we had the app that was launched as as well that Richard told us about, so do check those out because they've been fantastic. Um, we've had loads of different guests as well speaking, Ellie Mumford tonight, so really do come along because Ellie's going to be brilliant this evening. Um, and we had our big Blues Brothers party where we literally transformed this entire place, all the chairs were out, um, and those of you that were here will know how exciting that was. Then the following Sunday after that, commissioning two church plants, Hemel and Dunstable, that was a real privilege as well. So we've been celebrating so many times. And on the 1st of December, as we've already heard, we have um, got another big celebration with our, our baptism service, trying to baptise 100 people, which will be phenomenal. Rumour has it that Chris has medals for those that are being baptised. It's only a rumour. We'll find out if that's true. Um, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about baptism and, and this celebration of baptism. I was baptised in 1998 at Enfield Evangelical Free Church in Enfield Town. I was 14 at the time and I remember it so well because it was a real joy, it was a celebration. And I remember standing up on stage as a 14-year-old, really nervous, and I had to tell my story. I had to talk about what Jesus had done in me, how Jesus had changed my life, how I needed Jesus, how I realised I'd done wrong, um, and that I was turning to Jesus for new life. And it was, it was a great time. It was. It really, really was um, brilliant to be baptised at that point. My sister was baptised as well. And my mum and dad um, did almost this kind of after-baptism party thing at our house. And it was rammed with people. I remember there was no chairs at all. There were people just eating food, sat on the toilet because um, there was no space anywhere else. Um, and there was, there was volivants and mini quiches like you would not believe. It was pretty spectacular. But baptism can be done in different ways. So for us here, um, Ray, our building manager, sets up the baptistry over on this side and um, he fills it with water. If he's in a good mood and we're nice to him the week before, he'll pop a little heater in so that the water's not too cold. Um, but here, that's how we do baptism here. But as in my preparation for this talk, I read a book on, on baptism, and there's a couple of stories of how baptism is done differently around the world, and I just want to share those with you. There was a story about a lady who was baptised in Siberia. So um, there was a frozen lake, and the story told of how there was a hole cut in the lake, and this lady was then lowered into the lake, the freezing cold lake, till the water covered her head. And then she was whipped out, and then she had to um, do this walk to a nearby cottage. And as she was walking along, the story told of how her clothes were literally freezing um, solid because it was so cold. And she got there to this cabin, and she sat in front of the fire to thaw out and all of her friends were there to celebrate with her. 
There was another story about um, a man who was baptized in, in drought-stricken India. And the way they did it there was they dug a grave in the mud um, and they laid this white sheet in it. The man was then laid on top of the sheet. They put another sheet over him. And remember, it's a drought, so water is so precious. They then took the water um, and they sprinkled it on the, um, the white sheet until it was completely saturated. And then the sheet was flung off. The man jumped out um, and his friends were there to celebrate with him. Final story, we're told um, when um, Richard and the team went out um, to Bethesda to um, the orphanage that we support out there, um, Pastor Samuel decided that he needed to baptise some people. Um, and there was luckily a river nearby, um, but it wasn't so easy just to jump in the river. They had to dig out a pool um, so they could collect some water so it was deep enough to baptise people. But they were baptised in, in this river in India. But the reality is, whether it's a pool here at the vineyard or it's a frozen lake in Siberia, um, a grave dug out in India, the same thing is happening all over the world. There are people being baptised. We're told at a rate of 50 a minute, 3,000 an hour, 70,000 a day. And the event of this baptism brings happiness to those being baptised but also to those that are there celebrating, observing, watching, supporting that person being baptised. So baptism, what is it all about? Well, we're going to start by talking about how baptism actually is an act of obedience. It, it does surprise me sometimes that um, working with the children here, sometimes I'll just say to them, maybe they've been not so good um, and I have to move one of them or something or, or say something to them and get them to do something. It does amaze me how, how they just do it. Um, and it's that act of obedience. And they, they have a choice. They could say, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Um, but I'm yet to find a child that when I've asked them to do something, they haven't done it. Um, and that is, is, as I say, surprising. But it's the obedience of the children, even with that choice. And baptism is similar. Baptism is a choice, but it's also an act of obedience. The Great Commission, Jesus sent out his disciples into the world and he told them this. He said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus sent out the disciples and he said to them, go into the world, tell people about me, tell them um, about um, what I'm gonna, um, doing on the cross, tell them about sin, the way they need to turn from sin. But when they believe, when they understand, baptise them. A little bit later in the book of Acts, we um, see a story. Um, you can read it for yourself later, Acts chapter 2, the end of that. Peter was talking to a crowd about Jesus. Um, and the Bible tells us that the people that he was talking to were deeply moved. And they said to Peter, well, what do we do with this newfound information? We know about Jesus. What should we do about it? And Peter said, he said, now that you've repented, now you've turned from the, um, the, your old life, your sin, now be baptised. So it was a, an act of obedience, a do it straight away. And the thing is, he didn't um, turn around and say to them, actually, think about this. Um, you've believed, that's a great thing, but go away, come back in a month or two, maybe a year or so, and be baptised. No, he was saying, believe now and be baptised. Because there was that internal cleansing, he was saying, show it externally through baptism. So God wants us to be baptised. But why? What is it all about? 
Well, our main um, passage today is from the book of Romans, um, and it's a really, really good explanation of baptism and what it's all about. And I'm just going to try and use that to show us the importance of baptism. So Romans chapter 6, you can follow on the screen, starting at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of God the Father, we too may have new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but he lives, um, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This summer, Jesse, our youth pastor, um, took a team of people and a number of young people um, over to Soul Survivor, and I was on that team, um, and it was, it was great, it was cold, wet, and a little bit miserable from that point of view, but God did some amazing things. And what was great was one of the first evenings, um, we had the um, privilege of seeing a couple of our young people become Christians, a couple of our young people experiencing Jesus um, from the talk. And it was a real privilege to be there and to be part of that. And what I'm going to do is just use that story of Soul Survivor and what happened with that young person to try and explain baptism and the need for it. So we were listening to um, this talk, and this, this lad, Caleb, um, he started to understand in a fresh way what Jesus had done for him. He started to understand that actually on the cross, Jesus died to take the punishment for the sin that he deserved. Um, and he realised that he did things wrong. So actually in his head, he was saying, yep, that's me, I've done things wrong, I know that I need to say sorry to God for it. And he was saying, no longer I want a life like that where I live in sin, but I want a life with Jesus. Um, and as the book of Romans um, says, as we've just read, um, he said, I want to die to my old life um, and I want to live a new life with Christ. So there was this realisation that was happening internally for Caleb. There was this realisation, this, this fresh revelation from God. And then there was this declaration by him saying, yep, yeah, that's me. And then there's this death that happens internally to our old self. So as we die um, to our old self, as Caleb realised that and he wanted to die to his old self, he had this new freedom in Christ. And this freedom that only can come from Christ. Um, as Romans tells us in, in 6 and 7, it says our old self died with Christ on the cross. Um, and then there was a really exciting promise that Caleb realised and we all can experience. And it says this, we should no longer be slaves to sin. No longer bound by sin, but free in Christ. We have that choice to choose freedom in Christ. 
So internally, there was the realization, the declaration, there was a death to old self, and then there's a new life. So chapter 6, 8, and 9 tells us all about this new life, this exciting new life. So in this newfound freedom, it brings new life with Christ. So no longer to die. Yes, earthly we would die. Everyone would die in an earthly death. But this eternal life that will go on forever with Christ. When somebody becomes a Christian, it's the start of that new life. So internally for Caleb, all of this was happening But how does it link into baptism? Well, baptism is an external expression of what has happened internally. And I'm going to talk us through that right now. So in baptism, this realisation and this declaration is seen when the guys are stood there in the pool, Chris and Rich are with them, and they ask them three questions. They say, do you renounce evil? Do you repent of sin? And do you turn to Christ? That declaration that this is what I'm doing. I'm choosing freedom. I'm choosing new life. Internally, internally, this has happened. And they declare it externally, standing in the baptismal pool. Then the death to their old self. So again, we know that happens internally. But externally, that is shown in baptism when the person is put under the water. And actually, it's quite violent. If you think about it, being thrown back into the water. And that's often the thing that people get a little bit nervous about, um, going into the water. And if Chris and Rich were mean, they could hold that person under there for quite a while. Um, And actually, logic would say that they would die, literally, um, because they need to breathe. Um, But... Thankfully, Chris and Richard are much nicer than that. And only a few seconds later, um, they pull the person out of the water. So that symbol of the person standing upright and going back into the water like a grave, like the man in India that literally a a grave was dug out, that person going back into the water, showing, symbolizing that death on an external level. But then coming out of the water, as I said, a couple of seconds later, to show that new life, to show that that person has been raised from the dead, as Christ was raised from the dead. So the external symbol of coming out the water, showing that new life, showing that choice that that person has made. And it's so exciting to see people when they come out of the water, the joy that is on their faces. Um, sometimes there's arms in the air, there's hugs going everywhere, left, right and centre. Um, and you can see the pictures on the screen of the joy in people's face that I have done it. Jesus has changed my life. I'm no longer um, bound by sin, but I have this freedom, this new life in Christ. So internally, we know that Christ changes us. Externally, we show it through baptism. And then there's a celebration, this huge celebration of what God has done internally and shown externally. And at Soul Survivor, with Caleb, um, he went off to this side tent where he was, um, they talked to him a little bit more about what has just happened. And then they come back into the main tent to be with us, to celebrate with us. And it was, it was amazing. Caleb was very moved by the whole experience and, and he's, he was crying. Um, 
And I said to him, we should phone your mum and tell, tell her. And he was just like, I can't. And he was just like all over the place. Um, but it was just tears of joy because he was so excited by what he'd chosen, what God had just done in his life. So I stood there with his um, big brother um, and we were hugging him. Um, I was crying, his brother was crying, everyone was crying. Um, and it was quite a picture. Um, but the thing is, it was excitement and it was a joy. And what was even more amazing was the worship band were playing. The rest of the youth were worshipping God behind us, around us, everywhere. And our young people were jumping for joy because of what, the, of what these two young people had just done. Um, this choice that they'd made, this choice of new life, this choice of freedom. And I find that so exciting um, it's why I love my job. It's why I love um, having the privilege of, of being able to work with the children and young people here to write lessons for the children's ministry, for my team to teach, where I know that they'll be expressing that freedom, that new life that people can experience. To stand there at Soul Survivor with the young people, to pray with um, the, young, the young lad who was, um, um, who'd been struggling with um, self-harm and just found a freedom that Christ had just given him. Those moments are so special. And they're the only those moments that we can find in Christ Jesus. That new life that we get. So baptism is this powerful, powerful illustration of what God has done internally, shown externally. Taking that punishment for the, for the sin, for the things we do wrong, um, that we deserve. Jesus taking that punishment so that we can know that new life. In verse 3, it says, we're baptised into Christ. When we become a Christian, we do show it publicly in baptism. And no longer are we lost, are we on our own. We're actually part of God's family in that moment of becoming a Christian and when declaring it in baptism. And so often here, we talk about community and how important community is for us. And when people become Christians, we welcome them into God's family but into our family, our church family as well, our, our community here. And that's why baptism is such a celebration, because we celebrate someone becoming a Christian. We celebrate somebody joining our community. And also that's why it's not a private thing. It's why we don't set a pool up in one of the side um, dingy little rooms that we've got. No, they're not dingy, they're pretty nice. Um, and um, we just baptise somebody on their own with maybe one person. We do it in a, in a place where we can see 750 people with the view that this could be packed out, this place, with a public place where anybody and everybody can come along. And that's why we're aiming to baptise 100 people. And when we think about the, this, this series that we're doing of living for Actually, how much more could we be living forward than being baptised? Actually standing there publicly saying, hey, I'm living forward. This is what I'm doing. I'm declaring what God has done internally in me. I'm declaring it externally for everyone to see. And there's no hiding that. So 100 people being baptised on the 1st of December. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a celebration. um, And we're so looking forward to it. So baptism also is an example. So if that's our understanding of baptism, this this, um, external showing of what's happened internally, um, do we actually need to be baptised? Could we just update our status on Facebook? Um, Or that is the official way to do most things in the world now. Um, or do we, do we actually have to be baptised? Well, there was a story. We need to look at Jesus' baptism, really. Um, and there was a guy called John the Baptist, and he was 
well, doing his job, um, baptizing people in the River Jordan. And um, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3 that Jesus um, went up to John. He said, um, I need you to baptize me. And there was a little bit of a conversation. John didn't particularly want to do it. He didn't feel that he was good enough to do that, to baptize Jesus, the son of God. But Jesus said, no, no, you need to do this for me. And as Jesus was baptized, the Bible, we read in the Bible this. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, the heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So Jesus, uh, God is obviously from London because his grammar isn't so great. But anyway, lost in translation somewhere. Um, so there was Jesus, so he, was, he, he needed to be baptised in the River Jordan. He said to John, you've got to do this for me. But the thing is, if we think about what baptism is and what I've just said, this kind of um, realisation of ourselves, this declaration, I've done wrong, I need to turn from that. Why did Jesus need to be baptised? Because at the end of the day, Jesus was perfect. Jesus did nothing wrong. And there was no need for Jesus to say, I need to turn from my sinful way, because he'd never been sinful so why did Jesus get baptised? Well, I think it was because it was an example. Jesus wanted to show us, this is what you need to do to show people that you have new life in me. And actually, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And also, it was the start of Jesus' ministry. It was the start of when Jesus um, was going out to impact the world and he started it with baptism believe and be baptized it's not saying when you get baptized you're standing up there in front of everyone and saying I'm a Christian I'm sorted never to do anything wrong I'm perfect now uh, if that was the case um, no one would be baptized it's actually saying baptism by being baptized I'm on the start of this journey I'm on the start of my journey with God um, I'm on the start of my Christian walk as Jesus was baptised, um, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God came down, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and God spoke himself from heaven. And that could have been quite scary, I think, um, the voice of God coming down. And he said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? If you were there at that moment, hearing God say those words. Those few verses, or that, that verse, Jesus is puffed by God. God says, hey, look at my boy. Look at my son. He's amazing. Know he is my son and follow him. See what he is do he's doing because I'm really proud of him. That's what God is saying. And I think when people are baptised, there is a real spiritual encounter. There is this... Um, there's this, this real sense of connection with God. And some people may have an experience like Jesus, where the Holy Spirit comes down and impacts them in a big way. Some people uh, may just get a little bit wet. I think everyone will get wet, but anyway. Um, but it's not maybe su such a, um, a big spiritual encounter. I know for me, um, it wasn't. Um, but I knew that God was with me. And that's the thing that is always going to be the same. That knowing that God, our Father, is with us. And I love that picture um, of God 
in heaven. We always think of him up in heaven looking down, don't we? Um, but I almost imagine him with a big like pot of popcorn um, watching all those people being baptized. Saying, hey, there's one. Just been baptized. That's my son. I'm really proud of him. Oh, look at that one over there. My daughter. Yes, she's just been baptized. I'm proud of her. 50 times a minute, God is saying that. The whole popcorn thing isn't scriptural, so please don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> But I just think it would be a lovely picture, wouldn't it? How does God get time to do anything if he's doing that? Anyway, that's God. Um, so, um, so as we declare our faith, God in heaven, and I'm sure the angels are there with him celebrating 50 times a minute of that choice that somebody has made, that choice of freedom, of new life. So my question today is have you made that choice? Have you chosen freedom? Have you chosen new life? Because that's what God is calling us to do. And I guess the reality is that it's never, ever too late. If somebody became a Christian many years ago, God hasn't written us off. God hasn't said, you don't need to be baptized. God is saying, do it. Sign up. Well, he isn't saying sign up, I'm saying that. Sign up at the back of church, at the welcome desk. Um, put your name on that list for the 1st of December because it is never too late to externally show what God has done internally, to live forward, to declare it to your friends and family and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Part of the celebrations this year for me was my wedding um, to my lovely wife, Rachel, who's gone home because she's not feeling very well but the thing is she, she became a Christian many many years ago when she was um, a teenager um, and never been baptised um, and I was talking to her this week about this talk and she said actually I think I need to be baptised she was um, baptised as a child and confirmed but she said that she wants to do believers baptism as we do it here um, so um, I emailed Rich and I said hey um, pop Rachel's name on that list never ever too late to be baptised but if, um, if you're thinking, um, yeah, this is what I want to do, I want to be baptised, then please, please, please do, do sign up because we want the privilege of celebrating with you. We want to see this place packed out with people that are behind you because you're declaring what God has done internally in you. We want to celebrate. We want that joy of um, seeing what God has done. I'm going to ask the band to come up around us Sam thank you um, and I'm going to pray as we just think about um, these things and for some people today it may be that actually this this the whole thing about what God has done for us is that fresh revelation as Caleb heard it for the first or for, not for the first time but that he had that fresh revelation at Soul Survivor for you sat here today, there may be that same feeling. And we want to talk to you about that. We want to talk you through that process of becoming a Christian and actually with that hand up saying, yes, I've messed up, but I want to turn and I want to choose freedom. I want to choose new life. And we want to talk to you about that today um, and in, in preparation. And actually there may be that once you believe, then maybe baptism will be that next step because we're told believe and be baptised. So if that's you, we want to pray with you afterwards, but I'll tell you how to do that in a little bit. Um, but let me pray. Come Holy Spirit. Father God, I want to thank you for the way that you're so good to us. I want to thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, to take that punishment, to give us new life, to give us freedom, no longer bound by sin, 
And Lord, I thank you for the way that you have given us this symbol of baptism to show externally what you have done internally. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless us right now, that you would show us your glory. And Lord, that you would give us that deep sense of of what you have done for us internally. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand?